Man, this side of the room is, is so chill. Everyone's already sitting down. You have like, everyone's just going crazy over here. Whoa. Feedback. So I walked up to these guys with confidence like gorillas, right? Like obviously, you want gorillas. And they just blew my mind because they're like, no, we want the rats and the hawks. I was like, what's wrong with you? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, no, because the hawks could be dropping the rats. I'm like, dang, all right. That's just, that's just life-changing. It's altered my existence. All right, y'all. How many of you in here know me or have seen me before? Raise your hand. Okay. More than I expected. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely know me. Well, for those of you that don't know me, my name's Stephen Atherton. I'm one of the pastors over at Windsor Community Church, which is the sister church of Mountain View. I've been there a long time. Um, I was, I've been doing student ministry over there full time for the last seven years. And yeah, whoop, whoop. Um, I've been director over high school and middle school. And just this last year, they also made me one of the pastors over the church. So I'm doing a whole bunch of stuff. It's, it's crazy. But I love being able to have the opportunity to come and talk to you guys tonight. I was so excited when Micah texted me. He was like, hey, man, so I'm having a baby. And Jensen's going somewhere. And no one else wants to teach on singleness. So what do you want to do? Do you want to do this? I mean, I guess. Sure. Why not? So as we dive into this, I, I think singleness is such a fascinating topic. I think it's really fascinating. It's fascinating because I think every person in this room probably has a slightly different view than the person sitting next to them. It's a really interesting topic. Would you agree? It seems like everyone has their own different ideas of the way it's supposed to be and how it's supposed to function. Well, when I was in high school, is it really feeding back on me? Sorry, I'm so loud. Like up here, I'm just like, I just keep hearing it. Anyway, so when I was in high school, I couldn't be without a girlfriend. I was that guy. I was always trying to find the one. I was always trying to find my soulmate because I hated being alone. And I just so desperately wanted the companionship of another human being to do life with. I want to be married as soon as possible. It's like, I don't care. I just want to be married because then all this pain of like single and, and having to deal with will be over. But it was all consuming for me. So I had put my faith and trust in Christ. But because of my perspective on singleness, I don't know that I was really doing anything for the kingdom at that time because I was so focused on myself and how I thought and what I wanted with all my focus entirely on relationships and just not being alone. To the point that in one foul swoop, I lost my mind, and I asked a girl, when I was 18, mind you, I asked a girl to marry me who was pregnant with not my child. Yeah, I'll let that sink in for two seconds. Welcome to me as a high schooler. It's pretty great, right? That moment... As crazy as it sounds, that's the desperation that I felt with singleness. I felt like I had to do something about it. And that took me into one of the deepest and darkest spirals of my life. And by God's grace, he removed me from that terrible situation. But still, it, it wasn't just high school. I joined the military. I joined the Air Force, and this mentality followed me into the military. 
I thought the exact same way. Nothing changed. I just wanted to find my forever person so bad, I would just jump from relationship to relationship to relationship. Completely losing sight of the truth. Losing sight of the one relationship that I should have been caring about the most, but I had been wasting my time with this intense focus on what I wanted. So one faithful day, I came to the conclusion that the way that I had been living, trying so desperately to find a spouse, it wasn't the way I should be going. And I made a vow to the Lord that day. I'm sure some of you can relate to this. Like you've been in this boat. You're like, okay, God, no more. I got, I, now it's on you. It's, my focus is on you. That's it. Like, I am vowing off every relationship from now on because my focus is on you. Is there anything wrong with that? No. But it's really the heart behind why we're saying what we're saying that matters. So I made a vow to God that day that I would dedicate my life to him, follow him, run as hard after him as I possibly can, desiring to be married, but trusting that he's going to bring the right woman to me at the right time. So the very next day, I swear to you, it's the very next day, my buddy and I, we were living in Cheyenne because our, we were based in um, at F.E. Warren, Cheyenne, the worst place on planet Earth. Don't recommend living there ever. So we were sitting there like, okay, there's nothing to do in this stupid town. What should we do? Oh, we had the great idea. We're going to go, let's go snowboarding in Breckenridge. It was like 7 o'clock at night. Like, okay, cool. So what we'll do is we'll load everything up. We'll drive to Breck. We'll sleep in the car like cool guys do. And then we'll get up and we'll go snowboarding. It'll be the best day ever. I was like, sure, why not, man? We have nothing else to do with our lives. I just made my vow to God. So, yeah, let's just go snowboarding. So we get in the car. We're driving down 25. And he goes, hey, man, I got the best idea. Like, what? It's like, we should go to the Sundance real quick. The Sundance. It's like, okay, number one, if you don't know this about me, which I'm sure most of you don't, I despise with a fiery passion country music. I hate it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, whatever. This is my story, okay? I hate country music. The second thing I hate, actually can't guess it, is dancing. So let's put the two things together and let's go do that. And I was like, dude, no, this is the dumbest thing you've ever, and then the next second, I know I'm standing in the corner at the Sundance, bored out of my mind, like, why am I here? And while I'm standing there, I look on the other side of the room, and I see the most beautiful girl I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> right, yeah, very next day. And as I'm looking at her, my buddy runs up to her and starts dancing with her. I'm like, of course, you know, this guy. I was like, but she'll realize he's a jerk real fast. And guess what? She did. She realized real fast he was just not a nice guy. And she saw me across the room because obviously I'm looking super fly, like, you know, standing there in my Hollister or whatever it was. And she comes up, and the first, first thing she says to me is, what does this mean? This was the first tattoo I had. That's what she wanted to know. And this tattoo is Philippians 4.13. If you don't know, it means I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I got it ironically because everyone mistranslates this verse anyway. So it was a really good conversation. And that conversation lasted all night long. And then from that conversation, 14 years later, 
we are married and have two beautiful kids. That one day, man, it changed my life forever. (laughs) So you might be asking yourself right now, how in the world is this a talk on singleness? All I've done is talk about how unsingle I've been this entire time. And that's a really great point. Thanks for mentioning it. But to counter that, each of us has a different story when it comes to singleness. Every single person in this room, if you're like me, where you feel like relationship is so drastically important, or if you're like someone else that might be in singleness and that's okay for them, everyone has dealt with or does deal with singleness at some level in their life. Every single human being. And it's drastically important that we understand that. Understand that we are all different in this. That's why everyone in here probably sees it differently than the other person sitting next to them. Because our stories aren't the same. But we need to see tonight how our stories connect. We need to see that at any level that you have or do experience singleness, that you're not alone. That each of these areas will align together and we're going to see tonight how if you're in a relationship or not, that you're more similar than you might think. I read it once, summed up in four points, and these are going to be our four points for tonight. Singleness is a gift Singleness has advantages. It's hard, but it's not permanent. It's a gift, has advantages. It's hard, but it's not permanent. So as we begin our time, though, there's something that I want to bring to the table immediately. And that is that this concept of singleness that we're going to be talking about tonight is the biblical understanding of it. This is not the way the world as a whole sees singleness. And what I mean by this is that every aspect of life, including this topic, revolves around the most important truth on planet Earth. That truth being Jesus. Who he is, what he did, and why. Which results in the true understanding of topics like this. Because if you didn't know, I hope all of you know this, but if you don't hear me, we are all born messed up, broken sinners who are dead spiritually. Because all the way at the beginning, Adam and Eve failed, bringing sin to the world, cursing each and every one of us. And the only way for restoration to take place was for someone to take it all, to take this curse on and to do it perfectly. And the only one able to do this was Jesus. He came to this place, fully man, fully God, lived out his time here perfectly, dying the sacrificial death, rising again, showing his power over the grave. And we're told if we confess with our mouths, Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's an incredible truth, isn't it? It's the most important truth. And because of what he did for us, we want to live for and honor him with our lives. 
It's because of what he did that we see life differently, that we want to live differently, that concepts and ideas like this, like singleness, they're illuminated and they're flipped on their head. So even if you've known this your entire life, or if you're hearing it for the first time, I want this tonight to be the foundation of what we're talking about. Every aspect of tonight, everything that you guys have talked about with marriage, with dating, whatever topics you've talked about already, the foundation should always and forever be the gospel. Let's pray. God, um, just so grateful to be here. God, thank you for the breath in our lungs. Thank you just for the ability we had to even walk in the door, to walk in this room, uh, to praise your name. God, to be able to um, talk about what your word says about singleness. God, I pray that each of us in here tonight would leave here knowing you more deeply and just how you have set this world in place. God, that we, we would know your true love for us. God, that even in loneliness, even in singleness, that you are there. You are the true comforter. God, if there's anyone here right now that is, is dealing with hardships, they're dealing with pain, they're struggling, God, I pray that you would just encourage them not to leave this room without talking to somebody. God, we love you and we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So yesterday, I was talking to one of my buddies. Um, have any of you ever heard of Chase Nation before? Like three of you, outstanding. He's got a pretty cool name though, doesn't he? We were talking about the social psychological dynamic of Windsor Community Church and why its landscape looks the way that it does. And this topic popped up because on top of everything else that I do at the church, I also lead the young adult community group. And it's, it's just really interesting the way it's set up. We have about like 18 people that participate any given Sunday but that's about the entirety of the population. Sam knows this. That's about the entirety of the population of that age group at WCC. Because it's not a college town, right? There's a few reasons for this. One, it's not a college town. Two, it's not a place where young adults want to stay. It's kind of like Cheyenne. You just kind of want to get out of there. And another one is that there's a heavy, heavy focus on couples especially young families where it seems, it seems like every two seconds someone has another baby. You're like, wait, weren't, do you just have, you have six more kids? Okay, man, whatever. That's cool. Must be something in the water there. I bring this up because for the young adult that's single, there's like no activities to do aside from this community group that we have. Whereas people in relationships, they seem to have a ministry for everything that they could think about. They probably have like baby days, right? They, they, every, they have everything. And I know that Mountain View is a little different because obviously this is awesome, how many of you are in here, but this is a college town, right? But that doesn't matter because the culture still rings true for singles. I don't care where you're at in the world, the culture still rings true. And in our culture, singles can sometimes seem to take the back seat. They can seem to be second class 
to those who are in a relationship. Would you agree with that? It seems culturally like that's a, the way it is. Yeah. This isn't a new thought process, though. This isn't something that just like came out of nowhere. So in the first century, Rabbi Eliezer said, any man who has no wife is no proper man. Oh, that's a bold statement. The Talmud went even further by saying, the man who is not married at 20 is, get this, living in sin. Dang, okay. I mean, I got married at 21, so that whole year I was, I was in sin. Dang. So, you guys, this has been a common view of singleness for a really, really long time. But as we're going to see here in a moment, the truth that the Bible counterculturally describes singleness. This is not the way that the Bible describes it. 1 Corinthians 7, 7. This is Paul talking about the difference between singleness and marriage. I wish that all, whereas myself am, single, but each has his own gift from God on one kind or of another, uh, and one of another kind, blah, blah, blah. Okay, can't talk. So again, this is, this is Paul talking about singleness, and he's saying, I want you to catch this, he's saying it's a gift. I don't know if you've ever realized that before or, or seen that before, that he's actually saying this is a gift. And then Jesus says in Matthew 19, 11, not everyone can receive this saying, again, talking about singleness, but only those to whom it is given. Jesus said it's good for those to whom it's been given. Sometimes it seems more often than not anymore, like I said, singles might feel like outcasts. They can feel like, like I said earlier, second-class citizens because they're, they're not in that relationship because they're not living up to the cultural standard. Not following the social constructs the world sees as normal. So for those of you in this room that are single, and this can be rhetorical, you don't have to answer, I mean, unless you want to. How many times are you asked regularly if you are still single? From the giggles, I'm guessing it happens. How many times have you been asked about those prospects? Like, okay, you're single. Do you have someone on the horizon, though? Like, you're still single, but do you, do you, do you have someone out there, right? Hear it all the time. Are you going to get married soon? I mean, like, you know, the clock is ticking. You're, you're 20, so now it's a sin. So you better, yeah. But is this what the Bible says? Does the Bible say that this is a race? Get there as fast as you possibly can, otherwise it's wrong? Is that what we just read? No. It's the opposite. Paul says it's actually a gift. Jesus said it's given. Does that sound like it's a runner-up in the relationship department? No. Marriage is good, too. That verse that we were talking about at the beginning, saying it's good both ways. It's a gift both ways. But so is singleness. They're both a gift from God in the season that you're in. But it all depends on your perspective. And the Bible shifts, as per usual, 
the cultural perspective. Shifting it to the way that we should truly see it. Okay, but what if you're sitting there and you're thinking like, really? You're, you're telling me singleness is a gift? I know that there's got to be some of you in here that are probably laughing to yourself a little bit like, come on, man. Like, no, you, you don't get it. Because maybe you, like me when I was younger, don't find it easy being on your own. That you so desperately want to be married. So does that mean because you're not necessarily seeing it as a gift, does that mean that you're experiencing second best? It's like you didn't actually, this isn't actually a gift for you? No. When Paul is speaking of singleness here, as a gift. He isn't talking about some magical power where singleness is just the easiest thing on planet earth. That's not what it's talking about. He's talking about the state of being single. Now hear me on this. As long as you have it, as long as you're in it, it's a gift. It might not feel that way or seem that way, but you have to start thinking differently about it. It's a gift from God. Just like if you ever do get married, that's also a gift. Perspective shift. We need to see both marriage and singleness as a gift, not just one or the other. Wow, that AC was so loud. I feel like I got whisper now. Okay. Both are gifts in the season that you're in. Being content in the season that you're in. Utilizing the time given you where you're at, which moves us to the second point. Singleness has advantages. Has advantages. Advantage number one, toilet paper rolls are not a point of contention. I mean, I guess it might be if you're single, but if it is, that's kind of weird. So just don't, don't tell people about that. Advantage number two, you can eat as much pizza as you want, and no one's going to say anything about it. No, obviously I'm messing around. But in all seriousness, there are advantages to singleness, like we're going to see in Scripture. If this is the gift in the season God has you in. 1 Corinthians 7.28. But if you do marry... You have not sinned, and if a betrothed woman marries, she has not sinned. Yet those who marry will have worldly troubles, and I would spare you that. This is, again, Paul talking about marriage versus singleness. Now, this isn't the reverse of what I talked about before. This isn't saying, now, single, good, married, bad. It's just different. Different seasons with different responsibilities. When you're dating, when you're engaged, when you're married, there's... Things that you have to think about. There's things that take up a large amount of your time. Like the, the good of the person that you're with. How to best love them and cherish them. How to honor God and them with your life, with your finances, food, potentially kids, insurance. But not just for you. Someone else too. It takes a, a lot of brain power. And these are all wonderful things that can be good and can be hard, but this brings light to one of the advantages of singleness. And that being spared 
some of these hardships. Spared of the diverted focus and responsibilities that come with marriage and relationships. Leading us into what I believe is the most important aspect of the advantages. It's 1 Corinthians 7, 32 through 34. I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord, but the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife. And interests are divided. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit, but the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. Single people have an insanely greater opportunity to serve the Lord. Remember, our baseline, where we're building it all off of, is a relationship with the Lord. And in this, you have a greater opportunity to serve Him. To serve with your whole beings. There's time and capacity to invest more in ministry. Other relationships can't. Doing student ministry as many years as I have, I can tell you that those that have helped me out over the years that are single are way, way more effective than those who are married. And I'm not saying that it's because they are some elite group like unicorns that came out and they're just like so good at ministry and everything they do. They were incredible, but it was because they had time and capacity. If this is the season that you've been gifted with, you're able to do way more with it for the sake of ministry and for the Lord. You can get coffee with people while others have kid bedtimes or they need to take their wife to the doctor. I, I don't know, like <laughs> random married things. Go to Costco. <laughs> but the list, it goes on and on of different ways that that time can be utilized. It's an advantage to serve the Lord in, way, in, in ways you might otherwise not be able to. Everyone has it at some point. Like I said, everyone on planet Earth has singleness at some point. While in that realm, utilize it while you can. Taking us to the third point. I don't want this topic to be sugar-coated here going like, everything's so great and wonderful, like it's a gift, and you know, there's all these advantages. Those things are great, but at the same time, it's hard. It can be hard. Genesis 2.18. Then the Lord God said, It's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. So Adam, the very first man, saw the difficulty of singleness before there was even such thing as difficulty. So Eve was created to meet Adam's need for companionship. And the two came together in lifelong relationship and marriage. As we just talked about, though, obviously the New Testament is positive about singleness. There's no doubt about that. But there's also no, no doubt that marriage is regarded as the normal practice. Hence why sometimes, like we talked about at the beginning, it can feel like a second-class situation. And the truth behind the scenes here is that 
single people are more likely going to struggle with hard stuff like loneliness, sexual temptation. Now, in no way at all, and am I saying that married people or those in relationships don't deal with those same struggles? It's not what I'm saying. But these difficult things can very much so be a burden and a part of someone in this season of life. Even more of a reason for the time in that season to be spent with a deep focus on the only true comforter. The only true guide that will walk you through that time of difficulty. But again, that doesn't mean that it's going to make it easier. Just me saying these words doesn't mean it's going to make it easier. Adam was literally walking with God himself, and God still saw it fit to make him a partner. So there's two sides to this coin, isn't it? It's not easy, but by God's grace, if it's a temporary time of singleness or a lifelong journey, God will get you through. No matter what, he will get you through. Difficult or not, he's bigger than any situation. He will provide in whatever season you are in. With our fourth point, bringing us home, with the idea that singleness is not permanent. No matter if you go on to be married or you stay single your entire life, there's a truth for those of us who have put our faith and trust in Christ. And that is that singleness is not permanent. Revelation 19.17 says this. Let's rejoice and exalt and give him the glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. So this passage is from the very last book of the Bible with this section taking us to the very end where we see this beautiful picture of Jesus, the sacrificial lamb, with his bride, the church. We see what was intended from the beginning this deep, unending relationship with our creator where the problems of singleness will no longer be there. Where the issues of marriage and relationships will be resolved forever. It's a gift. There are advantages. It can be hard, but it's not permanent. Even though it can be hard to see Singleness through a different lens, through a countercultural lens. I pray that today, no matter where you are at, in whatever season, that you will thank God for the gift of where you're at. If you're single, I hope that you'll see differently that it is a gift. There are advantages, even in the hardship. And that God has you in the season you're in for a purpose. We need to try our best to make the most out of the gifts in the season that we're in. Remember that it's easy to say, like I did, 
It's easy to say that we're going to put God first. It's easy to say we're going to live out singleness for the sake of God and his glory always, but it's difficult to live it out. Because there's always going to be the temptation, right? There's going to be the temptation to lapse into the selfish, self-centered lifestyle that we all fall into. Which can take us down that path of potential depression and sexual sin. We need to have a focus on the true king. The true king that we want to live our lives for. In this, it can easily seem like it's a lone wolf kind of situation. Single equals alone. But that's not the truth. God has surrounded you with people that love you. I mean, look around this room. This is so awesome seeing all of you sitting here because every one of you are in community together, doing life together. Therefore, no matter what season you are in, you have people surrounding you that want to be there for you to help lift you up and point you to the cross when you need it. You have people in this room that want you to see the advantages of the seasons that you're in. But there has to be a willingness to be real, to open up about how you're feeling. There has to be a willingness to take that step in the season you're in, to let people in your life. Don't live out the lone wolf life. We always need people around us pointing us to truth. And I pray for you in this room who are in a relationship, who are married, that you would live life side by side with those who are single. Don't get caught up in the trap of doing life with people that only look like you on both ends of the spectrum. Live life with others so you can encourage each other, do life together, and honor the Lord in that process. Let's pray. God, again, thank you for um, just this time. God, thank you for your word and just how clear it is, God, that you allow us to be in different seasons in our life uh, for different reasons. God, that you can and will use those seasons of our life for your glory if we're willing to see them for what they are. God, I know how hard it can be to feel alone. I know how hard it can be in relationships, out of relationships. God, but you are there in the midst of all of it. God, I love you and praise you. Thank you again. In Jesus' name.